Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Okay, welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. We're super stoked. Today we have one of our really good friends and uh, gotten to know Anthony Balduzzi. Uh, he is the founder of FitFatherProject.com. Dr. Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. <laughs> FitFatherProject.com, FitMotherProject.com. Yeah. And it's been really cool to get to know him, get to know him better. We actually got to spend time down in Guatemala mm-hmm. at a mutual friend's wedding. Our oldest son, Tate, actually rode on the back of Anthony's uh, four-wheeler on an ATV. That was an experience. Going up that, <laughs> that hill in Guatemala, like on top of that volcano, that was amazing. Yeah. I forget that. Yeah, it was unreal. And we knew, I already knew I liked Anthony. And then Melissa met him. She's like, oh, I really like Anthony. Met Anthony's wife, Paige. And yeah. then Tate, our son, in fact, this morning when we told Tate we were coming to Hang with Anthony. He's like, Anthony, my homie. My homie. So welcome. We're so glad to have you yeah. today on the podcast. I'm happy to be a homie of the family. Yeah. <laughs> it is such an honor to have you on the podcast. And we've wanted to collaborate with Anthony for so long because we believe so much in what he's doing with Fit Mother Project and Fit Father Project. And and honestly, like, I'll just jump right into it. If you're listening to this episode for the first time, Melissa and I have been on quite the journey. You're probably not, most of you probably aren't listening to it for the very first time, but, or sorry, Everyone's listening to this episode for the very first time. <laughs> Probably not the first experience you've had of family brand. You might know a little bit of our story. 13 years ago, Melissa and I were separated, going to get divorced. And it's been a 13-year journey of like really investing in our family and creating the family and the marriage we have now. And we get asked sometimes, like, how did you go from just hopeless, struggling to where you're at now? And it was funny because a couple of years ago, Melissa and I were kind of reflecting on that ourselves. Like, how, what did we do? Like, in it seemed like there was this kind of inflection point where it went from just struggling and existing to things starting to get really like much better. And we kept trying to pinpoint it where we were like, well, was it this when this happened? We're like, no, it was actually even before that. Was it this? No, it was actually before that. And what we actually concluded was it was about the time that we started getting really intentional about our health. Mm-hmm. And that meaning holistically, like when we started getting really intentional about our health, meaning like the food we ate, the sleep we got, the environment we were in, the cleaning products in our home, like our fitness, that intentionality seemed to spill over and that discipline seemed to spill over into every area of our life. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we pinpointed like, that was it. We started getting more intentional about our health. We became more intentional about our time, our relationships, money. And so for the longest time, Melissa and I have said, we want to have someone on, right? Like to come talk about health and families mm-hmm. and not just why it's so important as an individual, but why would health be like, why would health matter to a whole yeah. Family unit. Anything you'd add? No. That was great. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this. Yeah. I want to. So <laughs> well, you dive in. Like, let's, for let's sure. hear from you. And in, in what we do, the context of what I'm going to share in my perspectives is we help busy moms and dads, particularly over 40, when there's changes happening in the body and kids are busy, schedules are busy. 
We help parents like lose weight, develop a healthy culture in their families, keep the pounds off and, and just, yeah, make health a pillar of their family so that everyone starts to flourish. And to begin to talk about this, I kind of want to take it back to what it's like when we're born, because my wife and I are actually expecting the time of doing this, like our baby girl, Brooke Balduzzi, coming out in probably around a month and a half. And, and it's been, your first baby. This is our first yes. baby. So this is making Fit Father official for us. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason I started doing all this work is because growing up, I watched the firsthand impact of what it's like when a family does lose health in the form of my dad. He got cancer diagnosis early in life. His health struggled tremendously for many years, and he eventually died at 42 years young. And it, it kind of rocked our family. Just the idea that when, when a parent loses their health to such a substantial uh, amount, it's like a pillar of this family can be taken away. And that's a real true reality for many families these days. I mean, with the, with the kind of diabetes, the heart disease, the obesity, a lot of people are struggling with many things, and, and it can mean not having time to be there with their families. But I, I want to take it back to, to thinking about Brooke and how it relates to each of the individuals of a family being healthy. Because like when a baby's born, it is so much about the physical. A baby cries when there's some kind of physical need that's really not met. It is hungry. It needs food and nourishment. And I share this to say that the body and the mind are so inextricably linked. You know, when the body is given what it needs in terms of the proper inputs, which ends up being like proper sleep and circadian rhythm balance, a good amount of hydration, proper fuel in terms of nutrition, baseline amount of movement, like the organism starts to flourish. Like if you give a plant the right inputs, this is a good soil, the sunshine, the water, it will bear good fruit. The human works in the very same way. When the human gets the right inputs on a very physical, tangible level, it creates the internal chemistry of happiness, of, of, of courage, of strength in the body. And it's constantly what we're doing with our health is shifting the nervous systems of ourself and our kids, either into a, a state of, of resilience and ability to deal with stressors or a state of feeling weak. And this is influencing the mind and the behaviors. And now a family unit is a group of people sharing the same genetics who are all dynamically interacting upon this, this, this framework. So it is so important if you're looking to improve the quality of your family to work on improving the rhythms of your own individual health. And I believe it starts with the parents. That's why we started like Fit Father and Fit Mother Project specifically to help busy moms and dads establish their unique eating, exercise, sleep, and supplementation routines which in turn gets their bodies healthier and their minds are more positive and they're, they're not going to be as short-tempered with their kids because they have more resilience in their bodies. And then the kids are, are constantly learning just by, you know, by mirroring and, and by seeing the kind of environment that's set. And obviously new different foods are coming onto the table in the evening that are more healthy and beneficial. And then the kids' culture starts to change and everyone can kind of get together. So I'd love to talk practically in some time about where do you even start recreating family health if you think it's off. Does that sound like a fine place to start? But I'd love you guys to comment first on, on any of that. Comment on the philosophy, then we'll get into some of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love everything you're saying. And um, we have something that we say in Family Brand is more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you're saying, how if the parents are, are demonstrating these things, that the children are naturally going to you know, be adapting and the culture is going to be shifting, but it's just starting with the parents and and what they're doing themselves. Yeah. And I want to share a couple things on that. Like it's actually very unique and important for kids, like the kinds of things they experience with their health at a young age creates a cardio metabolic blueprint that follows them through the rest of their lives. 
There's actual research on this that when kids get overweight from a young age, they're at a point where their body's actually building new fat cells. Like this actually, fat cells kind of get to like a, a finite point at a certain point in our development where fat cells are like these little storage containers for energy in the form of triglycerides. They could be filled up or they can be deflated. But as kids, we're actually growing the number of fat cells that we'll carry with us for the rest of our lives. And what I'm often finding is like unhealthy parents who are just like, you know, not unhealthy because they're not, don't want to try. They just don't have the systems right. Life is very fast paced mm -hmm. and you're in the rhythm of like getting fast food, not sleeping enough, not getting the right kinds of drinks, too much sugar. And you gain weight and your kids gain weight. That's setting themselves, th those kids up for challenges later on in life. Because when you grow more fat cells as a kid, it's a lot more likely you're going to retain that weight into mm -hmm. old age. So it's good to have kids that are leaner. Uh, it's crazy that we have so many kids today that are di being diagnosed uh, in their tens and teens with like pre-diabetes and diabetes with these just the amount of sugar that's pumped full of like the default nutrition for kids right now before we get into the parents is is like is actually shocking. It's shockingly appalling of like if you don't and I love you guys say this in family brand if you're not intentional about creating what you are and, and defining and declaring what your values are, like the environment and the tide is going to be pushing in the direction. And the direction when it comes to nutrition are fried chicken type foods, sugary drinks, and lots of pro processed packaged like grains. Like those are like all the snack foods for kids from the time when they start with the sugary cereals into the processed juices, into all the sweets and the snacks, and then obviously all the fast foods that are designed to taste really good, but just jack you up from a young age. And now, now I want to fast forward in life because I think it's really interesting to look at the kids. What ultimately happens when we're looking at our parents who are getting really old right now, what we're experiencing is this huge spike in dementia and Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases. And what we're figuring out is all of that stuff is really tied to like diabetes and inflammation in the brain based on dysregulation of blood sugar, insulin resistance in the mm -hmm. brain, and the buildup of these amyloid plaques that are partially genetic, but largely driven by this nutrition. So it's like the stuff, the seeds that we're sowing with the body at a young age for our kids ultimately will bear some kind of fruit later on in life. And this is not just like, it's, it's their performance in school. It's, it's their ability to focus. It's the confidence that they have because they have a body they like. We have, I have a family member and she struggles with her weight because her, her mom has been in and out of like drugs and rehab and it's a very tough situation. And I'm watching the impact of, of what it's like for my niece-in-law to grow up with a body that she doesn't feel comfortable in her own skin, especially in an age of social media and all these things. Mm -hmm. Like all of this stuff ties so intimately together because as kids are also developing, like our, our ego that's developing, our sense of self and our confidence, and you obviously want to build up like a, a, a strong, healthy, supported sense of identity is so tied to the physical especially when those sexual hormones get thrown in the mix when your kids get into like their preteens and teens and, and, and the human body is just designed in this way. So what I'm so excited about is the idea that you can help parents get healthy because those are the pillars of the family in terms of making food decisions. You know, kids aren't cooking their own food until they get kicked out of the house in college. So they're not like taking like ownership over this understanding. So the parents have to be aligned, which requires getting, releasing the weight off the body that's been accumulated through the years of being in the rut. So there's a system we do there. And as a byproduct, the kids get like the trickle down of just like of the good health. And they get to, they get to build a new relationship with their, their parents when they see their parents doing exercise, waking up a little early, investing in this, it rubs off. We're having, seeing like our fit fathers, like guys that lose 50 to hundred pounds, then have their sons like start to 
want to come down to exercise in the garage with the dumbbells and, and they get smoked by their dad who's 50, you know, like they, it's all every time they get smoked by the dad, which is great for the dad because he gets to feel like he still got it, which he does. You can recreate that getting it at any age, but it's also great for the kids too, to have someone who has the physicality that matches the talk. It's like the body, not everything in our, our genetics and our health experiences within our control. And there certainly are genetic diseases and things that just happen to us. By and large, for most people, the experience is that when the body is congruent with, you know, the, the kinds of the other aspects, when the body is healthy, lean and energetic, like there's, there's just more power behind all the messages. I think you look back to like maybe your great grandparents, you see that picture of like grandpa, like who's like, he just got fresh off the boat of world war one. And he like, looks like lean and gaunt. Like you can just tell what that man's personality and being was like, or, you know, a, a picture of, uh, of great grandma, like on the farm, like running shop with all the kids and all the produce that has been grown. I'm thinking about now, like your grandparents and your, and your grandma too, on that, in that respect, Melissa. And, um, there's just a congruence that's developed too. So I guess that's the reason why this stuff's important because no matter where we go, what we do, we take our bodies with us. Mm -hmm. The quality of the energy that body has is coloring our experience. Our bodies are communication vehicles with those around us. And our bodies are also our greatest teachers in many respects, because when health problems happen, and inevitably they do when people don't take care of themselves, it becomes the number one priority in your life very quickly. Like when your health starts to get rocked, you know, and you have that first heart attack or something does really go wrong or your body gets into tremendous pain, priorities shift very quickly. And it's because the body is this thing that we, that we must tend to. But the problem is the human psychology is not hardwired to fix like, you know, the long-term nagging problem when we, re when we relate to short-term acute you know, stuff. So this is why in the beginning of our programs, we, we do similar, similar stuff to family brand where each individual has to effectively write out their core values in life and then connect to why health is coming into that domain. It's awesome. Right. Cause you're building neuro associations around this whole web of value and identity that must be the bedrock of the actions and the systems that you put on top. Well, it reminds me of what you're saying there. I heard this quote one time that a healthy man has a thousand wishes and an unhealthy man has one. Yes, for sure. It's like, when you have your health, you have everything. When you don't have your health, you... So there's a few things you said that I wanted to touch on that I think are really powerful. Well, first, it's really interesting. You talked about the typical nutritional value or diet of most teenagers right now, like yeah. what they're eating. Yeah. So in our move back to Arizona, we our kids all decided they want to go back to school. And we Melissa's been homeschooling for a few years, which I think Melissa was actually stoked that they all wanted to go back to school, get a little break. <laughs> but our seventh grader comes home one day, he's like, Dad, Every seventh grader goes down to the gas station for lunch and they literally drink a soda and eat Sour Patch Kids for lunch. Like it yeah. blew his mind. He's like, and we're, and we're like, okay, this is probably a good time to reemphasize that we have a family value called Smiths are healthy and active. And we're like, but you know, that's not what you eat for lunch, right? He's like, no, but he just was like, blown away, dumbfounded, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it too, though. I remember it for me in junior high, the lunch of choice was cookies and soda. Yeah, Funyuns and like cheese dip, but it's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, so so totally if that serves people, you know, listening to maybe like check in with your teenager when they have that age, when they're at that age where they can leave campus mm -hmm. like and go eat, like, hey, what are you fueling your body with? Another thing you said that I thought was really interesting early was resilience. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, you know, one of the one of the core, one of the seven categories we have families create a value in is called we overcome. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole idea of like seeing ourselves as people who can overcome things. Like mm -hmm. we are resilient. 
And I think resilience in kids is one of the most important things. It always has been, especially today. What talk about that just really, if you don't mind, like how does how does a family's approach to food and nutrition build more resilient yeah. kids? Well, well, health is capacity. Health is like the idea of health means wholeness, but it's also like capacity for the system to be resilient to external stress. Like we know what a robust organism is. Doesn't matter if it's a human, a dolphin, or a squirrel. It's like thing can take some damage. It can withstand cold temperatures. It has the ability to run and move and adapt. And the amazing withstand cold temperatures. Yeah, <laughs> so we, like after Hawaii. we do live in Arizona, so like I get it. Maybe that's not the best example, right? She's she's been referring to herself as a tropical uh, summer person lately, yeah. often. There you yeah. go. That's that's great. We can be resilient in other areas besides the temperature. Okay. Um, but the, the amazing thing about these, the, like all, all uh, organisms is they have nervous systems, which is the brain through the brainstem and all the spinal nerves communicating to all the organs and, and the ability to one, take in sensory input and like have a stress response that's adequate and appropriate and the ability to withstand like the greatest athletes, the people that we consider clutch or the greatest performers, they have an ability to one rise to the occasion an internal reservoir of, of the feeling of strength. And this is created by the balance that the nervous system stays in and how good the inputs are in the, in terms of food, sleep, and movement. So it's pretty much everything. Like when we see the, the rise right now of anxiety, particularly in young women, it's huge because we're, they're, they're staying up late on phones, jacking up the nervous system, which normally needs to be in the circadian balance of like less light at certain times, lots of sleep, dopamine and serotonin are just being dumped and jacked around by these social media profiles. They're eating Sour Patch Kids and soda at lunch, and they're not moving their bodies uh, nearly as much because we kind of have a culture that that's not as, as prominent or baked into our daily lives. So this is it's like creating, the perfect storm of a right? nervous like breakdown exactly and and, and it's not even uh of the kids choosing at a certain point like if i were to just alter your neurochemistry like radically you would experience and feel a certain way if we could deplete all your dopamine you would feel like strung out depressed no motivation capacity and all the things that we're doing both in terms of the foods we eat and the things we're exposed to in our stimuli are 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 modulating these neurotransmitters so we want to be building things up and, and providing at least the simple building blocks for our kids to be successful because again, the default right now is that over 50% of parents in the United States are overweight slash obese. Like, and that's not by accident. It's just the culture that we kind of have. It makes it so easy for that to be the case. And mm. do you think we're gonna pass this on to our kids? Absolutely, because it's the foods that we're eating are contributing to this, are gonna create the same things for them. So we're also like breaking multi-generational potential health problems. I don't know the exact stats, but it has been said that like there are generations alive now that may not live longer than future generations just based off like cardiometabolic health. We're not improving. We're like definitely going wow. down by and large, but the opportunities today in terms of tools, resources available, mm -hmm. where you can get healthy foods and just the education in general is also as good as it ever has been as well or understanding. So it's a matter of steering consciously yourself and your family into this direction. And a lot of it comes down to truly starting with both the parents of getting to a healthy weight and gaining the skills to keep it off. So with that said, Anthony, like totally agree. I love this. Families, Melissa asked our, our community one time, what's the number one challenge you face as a family? Almost every single one in one shape or form or another said, just, I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah. So you, so you take these busy, overwhelmed husbands, fathers, families, 
what's the most practical? Because like if a family's hearing this right now, they're like, yeah, I agree. And I fall into a category of not being as healthy as I want. And I can see I'm passing stuff on to my children. But it feels so overwhelming to me, which kind of health can, right? It's yeah. big. Where's like, like where would, what would they do? Like here's, what would they start? Here's how I like to think about this. There is the temptation to feel overwhelmed or the experience of feeling overwhelmed because you often feel like you need to add more in. Like I'm already so busy. Like I already feel like I don't have the time to exercise and that's going to get me healthy. Where am I going to fit that in? Mm -hmm. The way I like to think of it is effectively living a healthy life comes down to, to, to experiencing and managing healthy days. Like every day, it's so cool. We wake up and our body has certain demands. We need to drink water. We get some food in the body and we have this effective rhythm. So what I like to start with people is, is start to build the core scaffolding of your particular day around nutrition and, and primarily like sleep. We start there before we even talk about exercise. So a simple thing that really is the way that I think most people should kick their days off is you wake up in the morning and this is for each individual and you drink 20 to 30 ounces of like high quality water. First thing in the morning, you rehydrate the body. This is both a good thing for the body and a practical affirmation. This is saying the most important thing my body needs in the morning is high quality water because you can go many days without food, far fewer days without water. 70% of your body or so is water. Like let's get high quality water into the morning. Did that take a lot of time? No. Does that have a huge impact? Yes. Mm. Getting these fluids in one of the number one causes of headaches, uh, coupled with the fact that people have a lot of caffeine is, is mild dehydration. So we're not hydrating enough as a culture in the morning. You start there, you hydrate. The second thing you do is you regiment your first meal of the day. You make it a go-to meal for yourself and for your kids. Now, maybe there might be a couple go-to options, but what our fit fathers and fit mothers are incredibly successful with is when you're so busy, the last thing you want to do is exert more mental willpower and choice bias to like figure out what's healthy totally. food because try to do that three meals a day, seven meals a week. That's like 21 decision points on top of all yeah. the other decision points you make. It wears you down and feels overwhelming. What if we can take a third of those decision points and make your meal number one of the day, something that's quick, something that tastes good, it's healthy and it's standardized. And ideally it gets a lot of micronutrients into your body. So we, we give our, our fit father and fit mother program members a couple options, but some of them end up being like these power smoothies, maybe some overnight oats. Maybe it's like some eggs and, and, and some, some vegetables or fruits on the side, but you give like, you figure out your one to three go-to breakfasts and meal number one, and you just nail that. That one habit alone sets yourself up for stable blood sugar, happy meal in the morning. It gives your body consistency. It gives you an anchor every day where no matter what happened yesterday, maybe it was Friday night, Saturday night, you went out with the family and you didn't exactly eat on what you would want to. But the next day you have this beautiful anchor to move back to with a standardized first meal of the day. It makes so much of a difference. And if you can go ahead and also figure out when you eat throughout the day and have a meal timing schedule set up that works for you and works for your kids. That is again, the structure and the scaffolding that starts to build like the body. Like motion happens because muscles move the skeleton. We need a skeleton first before our life can really start to move. And that's an analogy to say that like, I think meal timing for most people getting that done out and like standardizing one or two meals a day is like the perfect place to start. Like, do you guys have a go-to breakfast that you more or less have? Yeah. Yeah. We have kind of like, uh, probably no more than like two or three options, two or three that we kind of consistently make throughout every week. Yeah. I like wrapping my mind around it in this way though. Like in me, it's still, I still sometimes wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, what am I going to make this morning? Like, I love the idea of 
knowing it's going to be one of two or three things, yeah. I could totally see that making the mornings go smoother. Yeah, just being easier. Yeah, and there's a value with kids. Imagine if they get used to like morning is about fuel. Like yeah. They're still eating foods they like. These aren't disgusting foods. It's not like if your kid doesn't love liverwurst, you're not giving them like liverwurst in the morning, but like it's whatever they like. So mm -hmm. it's also affirming that healthy foods taste good and that you crave those things. And you also get the experience of eating something that feels light and energizing during the productive first part of the day, which is when most kids are getting into school. Most uh, parents are, are going to work and doing productive time. We had a real experience around this too that it's reminding me when COVID first hit, you know, there was this, I think, awareness from a lot of people that they didn't have before around, oh, should we have some food storage? Mm -hmm. Should we have some water storage? Like, you know, it was harder to get things. Yeah. You just don't, you, we take so much for granted, mm -hmm. especially in this country. <clears throat> so we were like, you know, probably really good idea to have 30, 60, 90 days worth of food on hand. So Melissa was like, well, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So what I would rather do is I would rather just have a one week meal schedule mm -hmm. that we literally repeat it every single week for mm -hmm. 90 days. So I have to think, I just have to think of like 21 meals mm -hmm. essentially, but I could just, and then we just buy enough of that. Yep. And we, and we actually tested it out and it was like totally enough variety. Mm -hmm. Like we, none of us ever even picked up on like, Hey, every Monday morning we're having this mm -hmm. for breakfast and Monday night we're having this and they were all healthy meals. Yep. They were good. And so I, I totally see, like I, I'm, I'm assuming too, there'd be a benefit, not that you would want this for family, but let's say a family is like eating really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Just the power of saying, okay, we're eating unhealthy, but we're at least going to say like, we eat breakfast at this time, lunch at this time, yeah. dinner at this time. Yep. That's one move closer to then saying, okay, we're now eating three unhealthy meals a day at these times. Let's swap one of them out for a healthy meal. Yeah. Like Boom. just the structure, the skeleton. Okay. I honestly, I'm going to make a statement on that from what you just said. Out of all the things you could do in your life, you just turned one third of your meals for the year into a healthy meal. Yeah. One third of your meals for an entire year. What do you think the impact of that's going to be in relation to all the different life hacks and little strategies? Like food is foundational. That'll change your life. What it's going to do is you'll, you'll start to feel so much better after that meal. Mm -hmm. When you do go to have that unhealthy second meal and you start to feel that the bloat comes back, digestive discomfort, poops get a little weird and you just feel funky afterwards. Like when the body starts to get healthy food, this is a process that happens with almost everyone. And then you start to reintroduce like the stuff that was like inflammatory and kind of, the body has like an, an actual visceral reaction to it where it almost like self guides you back towards eating healthier. And also it takes nutrition, which is not just about knowing foods to eat, it's emotion. It's, are we being proactive or reactive around the stuff we're putting in our bodies? And when you set meal times, what you're saying is that we are proactive around our nutrition. You're making that affirmation. And what's also good too, is what we've kind of found out is like having set times for the body when we're actually taxing the digestive system, food is coming in, GI tract needs to wake up. This requires a tremendous amount of blood flow and energy for the body. Um, and, and we have a discrete time of feeding, allow the body to digest and assimilate. Oftentimes four hours between meals plus you can go longer if you're used to fasting and then you feed again. This whole snacking idea is, is, is going to be pretty, it's going to come out as being even more detrimental. We really pr promoted that in like the eighties and the nineties, many small meals, but even just discrete feedings are better cardiometabolically.
like your body can do its job of like the blood sugar comes in, it's breaking down all the foods that you eat. Insulin does its action and clears out that blood sugar. And then you go back to like resting baseline metabolism mm -hmm. versus all these pulses of lots of snacks throughout that you're constantly making the pancreas and these other digestive organs, like do spikes of activity where the body wants to be in activity and then rest not this constantly semi jacked up state. And so what I'm just trying to say is that people's health will improve by snacking less, but that's not to say there aren't times to have snacks. Like if you look at someone's average day, most people have some kind of meal sometime in the morning. Most people have some kind of meal around noon, one lunch kind of situation. There's a big chasm between 11 and noon and dinner at six. Mm -hmm. So a snack sometime around three and four is a very good thing to, to place something so that chasm's not so big. Because what ends up happening in the rhythm of many people's lives is they have a, a breakfast that doesn't serve them great. Maybe it's full of lots of like fast processing carbohydrates that with some caffeine that jacks them up temporarily, only leading to a lull. We'll see what happens for lunch. If it has, wasn't planned, it might be takeout, like what's near the office or maybe leftovers from dinner. You don't eat enough throughout the, the afternoon and no snacks. You go into dinner starving and you've just been jacked around on your blood sugar. So you end up having the same kind of stuff you normally do. You don't feel great and the cycle repeats itself. So I think the structure of having, we, we give our meal timing schedule setups. We give four in our meal plan and we help families like geolocate, like where, which one's going to work best for them based on, do you work from home? How old are your kids? What are they having for breakfast? What are you, you got to find like your unique rhythm and the parents could have different rhythms. One parent could feel like they intermittent fast throughout the morning. Another one maybe has breakfast and makes, makes that for the kids, but like whatever the operating system is around food. Each family needs to establish that and it needs to be unique for them. But it all starts, I think, with figuring out for the parents individually as pillars, finding what that meal timing schedule setup is, standardizing that first and maybe even second meal of the day, and then ideally bring the family together for a shared meal in the evening, which is a special time too. Because like, I just think back to, well, it's like the name of your business, like the campfire effect is one of your biggest businesses, like a bunch of humans huddled around like a fire warmth, sharing nourishment in the form of food. It's like as foundational as there are with families and tribes and communities were built around shared food and like, and heat. Like if we really, really bring it back to like where we came from. So this is also a special time where food at the end of the day, where the beginning, it's more about utility and getting it in and structure at the end of the day, it has, I think more of an emotional, spiritual component of coming together, spending time connecting and like food can be that for you or food can be what culture is right now. Fast, get it done, slot it in convenience kind of thing. And, 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 it, and it may be a little mix of those two things. Yeah, and I love what you're saying about dinner time. That's been our experience. Our, our family functions so much smoother if we're eating meals together in the evening. And then obviously the bonuses if those meals are, are healthy, like there's so much connection that happens around. Like I, if, 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 you, if you couldn't find any other motivation, and he, here's another thing that I think is really strong, strongly correlated is a family that doesn't tend to eat as healthy doesn't eat as many meals together either. Sure. And so if for no other reason, one of the motivations for eating a healthy dinner somewhat regularly would be that just you're, you're actually going to eat dinner together. And there's so much research that we share in the family brand program around the power of meals. And there was a research done out of Stanford where the only thing they measured was the number of meals a family ate. Hmm. Didn't measure any other dynamics. They didn't measure like, do you like each other? No. Are you happy? Just purely meals. And I think a family that ate three meals or less, Two meals or less per week versus a family that ate four meals. We're not even talking dinners, total meals. 
the things they could track from likelihood of like teenage pregnancy, smoking, mm -hmm. drug addiction, depression, just mm -hmm. off of the number of meals. So you add in that like healthy meals. We actually had a fantastic guest, um, I think in November, Carly Burnham, all around this idea of mealtime and why, uh, yeah, why it is so important mm -hmm. for families and us as humans to do but it I love the I love the awareness you're bringing though. Like we've never had someone dive this deep on just there's something real like metabolically going on and we can either be, look, we can either be as parents creating a culture around nutrition and health and food that's going to like make a real positive difference mm -hmm. for generations to come or not. And the thing about health too is like, that's actually something that could progressively get better. Yeah. Like if I'm, if let's say Melissa and I make a real commitment to health in our generation, but we, we adopted it like whatever age we did in life, but then our children grew up that way. And then their children, like it could progressively oh, become like make a genetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. So let's talk at like epigenetic too. It's like, so we have this set of genes and if we're, if we're, if we're like a biological family, we're sharing the set of genes. Now, which genes express, meaning the environment that's created in the body based on all of the inputs, food, sunshine, emotions, is, is changing the proteins that end up being expressed from those genes. This is why you can have those identical twin studies are fascinating, right? You get identical twins who have the same genetics and then they're put in different environments. One of them ends up getting cancer, another one fine and lives a long and healthy life. So we are epigenetically changing the expression of our genetics which means we live healthier, we promote healthier gene expression, and that actually is carried on and passed on to our kids. So there are genetic ripples to this. Another thing that I, I wanted to share is kind of like, well, one, this whole process of getting healthy for busy parents, exercise is the least important part. And like, I have a fitness program. Like we teach people how to exercise. And I think exercise is great for the body. Like our bodies do need to move, but if you are overwhelmed and busy, it is far more important that you nail your nutrition and you just like walk and like get up and just accumulate steps far more important. We've, we've had mothers and fathers lose a combined 200 pounds. Like both of them lose hundred pounds without doing any exercise, wow. just like walking and changing their nutrition. So for busy people who feel like they can't find the time to add something else onto the plate and their nervous system is stressed, it's not always the best idea to add high intensity exercise on a stressed out nervous mm. system. Right. But that's not to be say if you can fit it in and you have exercise that you enjoy that feels restorative, I'm we're a huge fan. We we get our members to exercise, but I the order of importance I think is 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 understand the hierarchy of these things. And on the on the meal, the specialness of the meals and the number of meals per week, what I'm thinking is there's probably families who breakfast will be that anchor point, mm -hmm. and there's probably families that dinner will be that anchor point. And maybe it's zigs and zags. Like as you get older and your kids have more sports practices or stuff like that in the evening, might not always be possible to get into a, a family dinner together, but maybe breakfast is your anchor. But if you know what those anchors are, or maybe on the weekends when things are a little different, there's, there is something that you come together and the whole family can go outside together or do something. These, these are small ideas that move the needle in a big way. With the parents, though, if you are if you have a body right now that could release some weight and, and you know get off medications and, and feel better, the benefit of doing that is going to be so tremendous for your kids to watch you go through that journey. It's probably weight loss is one of the most visual personal development things because like you can do a lot of inner work and you wear it in the form of a smile and and better better energy and vibe around others. With the body, when the body gets healthy, you are literally shedding extra mass. And other people are really interacting and seeing that happen real time for your kids to see you go through that. 
is, is amazing and a gift to them that things are possible, goals are achievable, and that it is a good thing to pursue a healthier body. Yeah, I'll, I'll pause there for a second. I think we can, we, we, maybe we can wrap or we can go even deeper if you guys are enjoying no, this. No, this is, this is incredible. Tell us, I know and people, you can go to fit, uh, fitmotherproject.com. You can go to fitfatherproject.com. Yeah. If someone was going to go on the website, it's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with this. I'm resonating with this. Like I want to, your programs are so effective. They're also from, I've not personally experienced it. I'm excited to yeah. simple, mm-hmm. right? 30 yes. days, like to yep. get started. Obviously it goes on. Yeah. Tell, tell us just so like, what, what would someone benefit from fit father project fit, or fit father 30 X fit yep. mother 30 X, like the 30 day program. If that's, yeah. It's here's, here's the process that happens when you join these programs. The first thing we actually have you do before we get into the meal plan and the, the what to do is we have you go through a series of internal journaling and reflection exercises on your core values, like what you actually care about in life. Family, if you're listening to this, is likely one of them or values inside of that. And, and we help you tie all of your current behaviors with health to those values. So there's like some inner work component that ultimately ends up in a mission statement. You write a mission statement for your health that's tied in the emotion of this stuff. Absolutely key. Second thing we get started on is the nutrition plan, which we call it the fit father or fit mother, no think meal plan, because we basically have laid out these meal timing schedule setups. What, what a flow in the life of a good, healthy day looks like from the minute you wake up when you're drinking water, what are good recipes in the morning? And we help you guide you through this process, both in reading the meal plan and watching the videos, but also implementing it over 30 days to find your flow. So this is one of those things where diets have failed people because you try to like adapt your life to guidelines and rules Mm -hmm. of a book where the thinking here is we're trying to like unearth your unique health system that works for you and your family based off the pressures, the schedules, the food preferences. So it's like a revealed process. And it starts off with some simple, like, here's some great meal one options. You can try the shake, make this exact egg recipe, blah, blah, blah. And you start to experiment. And then you, you find the things that work. You're like, yep, this is our family's meal one. This works really good. I really like to have this for, for meal two. And as you're beginning to do nutrition, you start to release weight and feel better automatically. So that makes you feel more encouraged. And then we move you on to movement. We give you many options on, on exercise. There are certainly some highly effective forms of exercise uh, for, for busy moms and busy dads, where you can do these higher intensity exercises like two to three times a week, 30 minutes a session, and they can change your metabolism and your hormonal profiles like amazingly well. And it's a combination of strength training with cardio, with flexibility and mobility. You can do these dumbbell or kettlebell workouts like at home or at the gym, or you can just walk. There's many different tracks. But again, the idea here is that we're establishing and we're helping you get the habit of when do you get your exercise in? It gets scheduled on your calendar like meetings and you're building your just general flow of your movement paired with your nutrition. And then we get you in group with all the other fit fathers and fit mothers going through this. So it's like there's just a power in community of families committing together to living healthier and troubleshooting and sharing ideas. And, and people begin to transform. And, and the, the idea is, this is a 30-day reboot of your relationship to your health, your habits and behaviors around your nutrition, your movement, and your sleep. And when you do these simple things, like, uh, and you start to stack them and you experience the results, it's like massively encouraging. And it, it's beautiful what can happen when you start to sustain things. Because what's the successful outcome of our customers is they say, I finally have like a health system I can stick to. 
It's not a diet. It's like the lifestyle that works for you, feels good. It's not restrictive. It's reasonable. Like we build in all the contingencies, like what happens during the holidays? How do you manage like the natural ebbs and flows of life? How do you plan in free meals or cheat meals? And like, these are things that we like proactively put in there. How do you approach alcohol in your life? And like, is that in your life? Is it not in your life? And how do you drink in a way that, that actually works well with your metabolism? If you do choose to do this, you need these little contingency plans and the structure because inevitably what does happen as parents is you're going along and you have a good default operating system and then your kid breaks his arm or something happens financially, or there's a big work push and you need to do this. Your system needs to be stress tested for resiliency. So we kind of help you basically build this for yourself guided by us. And it's like, it's an amazing process. And ultimately what you get is like an ongoing system and an engine that drives your health personally as parents and creates a culture for your kids. And that's really cool. Everything gets better. I love that it's not like you're saying a one size fits all, but it's like really what do you want to create for yourself and your family? And it's done in a way that totally aligns with you. Yeah. Right. So we have some people who follow like very different nutrition protocols. We have people following fit father and fit mother that are vegan, vegetarian. Maybe they're, maybe they're Hindu. We have other people that are, you know, following like, you know, lot, eating lots of different kinds of meats. We have some people who are doing cycling for exercise, some people who are slinging the weights in, in the garage. The idea is there are certain boxes around your health that you need systems, just like there's boxes in your life, the, the different seven domains you guys talk about in family brand. And you need to have a system around your consistent nutrition. You need to have a consistent system around your movement. And you need to have like this mindset motivation and all circadian rhythm systems, like these four boxes. You got to have something that's conscious, that's effective, that is adaptable to and that's really the, the crux of this work. I have a question about if you were, you know, listening and deciding, I do, I do want to make a change in our family. How would you have that conversation with your kids in a way that feels like really empowering and not just feels good? Yeah. What we found is we are in our initial 30 day program. It's important that the person who feels called to, and it's oftentimes one parent before the other, sometimes we have couples come together and be like, we're doing this together. We're booting up, like, let's go. And that's the flow for some people. Oftentimes it's one parent walking the walk for themselves for 30 days and really starting to get that confidence, competence loop kicking in and seeing some, some real results. First, it's becoming the light yourself to shine that. And I almost feel like it requires 30, 60, 90 days of like, of personal work and traction before you can bring that to your family in, in authenticity where what you're saying is on the conviction of serious momentum and the experience of, of sustainability. So I think it's a, it's an emerging conversation that happens when one parent starts to get healthy. And I think the one thing that, that does change is, is maybe it's just the dinner foods get a little bit cleaner and you do like what we call a perfect plate. You tell the kids, Hey, we're going to start trying some different stuff for dinner and we build a perfect plate. You get to pick half of any kind of veggie you like. We'll do half of the plate with that. Pick a protein you like and have some healthy carbs, healthy fats. And we spell all this out in the meal plan and strategies like this that are really like nitty gritty. But I think it starts with, with one parent first getting traction before the kids and the spouse are involved. And then it's nice because when they are getting curious and asking questions, it's coming from, not from a place of like, you should do this. I'm mm -hmm. pulling you. It's like you're coming to me. And then it's a collaborative, co-creative process. The thing I love about this is how simple it can be when you said, like, you don't have to add anything mm -hmm. in the beginning yeah. if you don't want to. Right. You're already going to wake up. And need your food. Yeah. So you might as well drink some water. Yeah. You're already going to eat food. 
And it reminds me, I had a client one time who, it was around health, had this kind of mantra of choose one change. Mm -hmm. and, it, and because of the one story she told, I've never taken an elevator when I can take the stairs. Because right. I was like her, choose one change. And yeah. she just gave that example. I was like, oh yeah, that's one thing. You know, so I love this idea of you can choose one thing that's simple. I love the idea of, and Melissa talked about this in this episode, I think more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. Like be a demonstration of it mm -hmm. for 30, 60, 90 days yep. so that your family actually sees like, wow, mom or dad really is. Yeah, this, really is not just, this is not just a kick and a fad because, and this is a really important point that you just brought up. There is, there's so much emotion, especially as we get older around our health and our weight loss journey, because there's a little bit of self-doubt if you've tried and failed at losing weight many times. And yeah. especially if your family's also watched you go through that, it's like maybe teenage kids are like, oh, dad's on another diet kick again. You know, I'll see him, you know, see you back for like birthday cake in a couple of months, dad the confidence that happens when you start to create like sustainable change is really gives the power to what you're going to say and lead your family to down the line. So like, that's really big and getting an authenticity with ourselves too. And feeling like we, we did do this is not the same as last time. This feels different. That's an important experience internally that parents must have before they can bring that to their kids. It sounds subtle, but you really got to like have that knowing that you got mm -hmm. this, not just like, I'm up off the training wheels and like I'm, I'm pedaling and there's motion. It's like the bike is straight. I've taken many turns. I've gone over many bumps and I, I know this works. Then you can kind of share that from a place of like more stability and that needs to be earned. Yeah. And, and the way that's earned is by checking the boxes in these key areas that each individual needs with their bodies that we've talked about. And the way that that's really done is one, going through a structure program, but two, doing it around like-minded people who can help give you the support as you're getting off those training wheels and starting to pedal. Love right? it. But, and, and the final thing I'll share here is health is also so cyclical. You guys talked about, you know, in, in, in some of your core content, how families are moving through these different levels of like of awareness and dominant states from like struggling all the way up to like creating families. Health is unique in, in that it's run off of like years, like as the, as, as the earth is moving around the sun, stuff is changing, right? Seasons are changing. It's getting hotter. It's getting colder. We have traditions as cultures, like the holidays are filled with big feasts in like, and bigger food. So your health system ultimately is enabling your family to glide through every year with ease and meeting the different challenges like the stuff that ends up happening in the summer for many families is like there's more activity there's more time outside and these rhythms are important and if we can manage these rhythms we ultimately manage a really beautiful life so it, it, having these systems that meet you during the holidays and like help your family stay healthy is is a big important part of this it's not just like every year you're going to encounter that and every year you're going to have the opportunity to have a system that doesn't lead you down a path of like gaining more weight and stuff like that you guys understand what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. I would encourage everyone, seriously, check out fitmotherproject.com. Check out fitfatherproject.com. So, Anthony, thanks for being on the podcast with us. I'm grateful for you for so many reasons. One, because of the good you're doing in the world. Two, Melissa and I talk often, like, you're such an inspiration to us of, like, you're out building, strengthening families in, in the way you're doing it, which is what we want to do. And your community is just, like, inspiring what you've created. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. This was great. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed 
because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.